It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's a, a sports, sports rush, rush with, with Brett Rump. Rump. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are Time to head home on a Tuesday. It is the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy, and we've always got you connected on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. Big hour on the way. Plenty of guests, including Ken Sterling from KenSterling.com. He's going to join us to talk all things Indiana basketball, uh, also some Colts football, and maybe even get his take on a couple of other topics. We'll talk to Kent coming up at about 520. And then at 535, we're scheduled to talk to Blackhawk Christian boys basketball coach Matt Roth. Blackhawk Christian takes on Leo tonight. A couple of nights later, they're going to be taking on Northrop. And uh, and then it's on to the tournament in Class 2A. And we'll talk to Matt Roth about what this season has been like taking over for a legend at Blackhawk and Mark Davidson. And uh, what has he learned and how does he feel about where his team is at heading into postseason play starting next week. Matt Roth joining us at 535. 46862 is the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. If you've got any questions, comments, or suggestions, once again, tomorrow morning, the comments will be in action at South Carolina, it'll be a 10:30 start, and we've got the coverage right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Our friends at WoWo could not give up on Glenn Beck tomorrow morning, so we've got the comments for you right here on Fort Wayne Sports Station. Wish we could have the comments all year, but gosh, they've been on WoWo forever. Uh, and, uh, and quite honestly, I don't know that we've got time to put, I was going to say, we have a lot of course. Yeah. A lot of stuff to cover. I mean, we've got Purdue, we've got Purdue, Fort Wayne, we've got, uh, the Pacers, we've got Notre Dame basketball. We slip in somehow every once in a while. I mean, there's so many high school hockey. We've got high school hockey coming up on Saturday. Uh, that will be, uh, what is it? The class Four a state quarterfinals. Carroll will be in action. And we know it's either at 10.45 a.m. or 12.30 a.m., which I think is supposed to be p.m. I don't think they're going to play. So. <laughs> I don't think they play games. Yeah, whoever's working the board for that one's going to have a late schedule. Uh, but that comes up on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we've got uh, the semifinals with Carroll versus TBA. And if there's anybody you got to look out for when you're in the tournament, it's that TBA team. They are loaded. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be, uh, again, either 10.30 a.m. or 12.15. It's uh, high school hockey coming up this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Hey, you know what time it is? I do. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Let's uh, let's open up the time capsule. Ah, let's do it. Let's do some Tuesday time capsule trivia and give you a chance to be a contestant today. All you've got to do is call us at 260-447-8500. And you could play for that large pizza from Pizza Hut and our friends 
at uh, Pizza Hut of Fort Wayne. So if you'd like to play today's edition of Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia, call us now, 260-447-8500. Hey, I saw this uh, on social media. Janae Nene Donahue has picked her college, of course, just after the Snyder Panthers finished off their season getting beat by Fishers in the uh, semi-state this past weekend. Uh, Janae decided that Bowling Green would be the place that she will go. She makes a uh, verbal commitment at this point to attend Bowling Green State University and become a Falcon. So congratulations to Nene Donahue on her college choice. She is just a junior, so she's got one more year of high school basketball before she heads off about an hour and 30 minutes east of here in Bowling Green, Ohio. All right, so we've got a contestant on the phone line ready to play. So let's go ahead and find out who we've got to play today's edition of Tuesday Time Caps Trivia. Who's this? This is Steve. Hey, Steve, how are you on this beautiful Tuesday? Uh-oh. Steve, do you hear me? Steve is not getting oh, me. we lost you, Steve. Steve, did we lose you? Check, check. Completely gone. Uh, so, uh, so we'll hopefully get Steve to call back or, you know what we, I mean, we, we could take our next caller, whoever's our next caller, 447-8500. We, we just about were set to start and something happened and we lost Steve, but, uh, we'll go ahead and take our next caller at 260-447-8500. Don't be shy. Give it a shot today. Take me on. Let's see if you can beat me. On today's edition of Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. So I think we've got a caller that has checked in. And uh, Adam right now putting them on hold. So, uh, all right. Who do we have ready to play? It should be Steve again. Oh, we got Steve back. Steve again. I'm back. All right, Steve. Uh, We lost you there for a second, but we're glad to have you back. Hopefully, you can last uh, in the game a little longer than you did on our initial call. But uh, yeah. Let's, uh, you know how to play, right? I do. All right, let's get this game going. It's time for Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia on the Sports Rush. All right, let's start with clue number one here. The United States won the World Women's Curling Championship in this year. I'll pass. Oh, well, that was pretty quick. Steve, I don't know if you understand that I am on an undefeated streak that goes back to 2022. At least it's a self-proclaimed winning streak. No one can prove me wrong. (laughs) Uh, All right, so let's go ahead and give this a try. Women's curling, I'll say uh, 2008. I'll go 2004. All right, clue number two. In the WNBA Finals, the Detroit Shock win two games to one over the Los Angeles Sparks, winning the franchise's first title. You're up first, Steve. 2007. 2011. Number three. This will be Brett first. Roger Clemens becomes only the third pitcher to record 4,000 career strikeouts as he defeats the Cardinals 5-2. to two. Uh, I will say 2012. I'll go 2011. Wait, wait. I already said. Did I already say that? I'm I, sorry. I already said 2011. Yeah. So we're going to give you a do-over. We'll, well, we'll give you a do-over unless you're right. <laughs> that means go 13. ahead. 
2013. Okay, so 2013. All right, let's go on to number four here. In the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship behind Carmelo Anthony, the Syracuse Orange win 81-78 to over the Kansas Jayhawks. Who's up? It's you, Steve. Oh. 1999. 2010. All right, let's go on to the last clue here. Carmelo's been around, what, 15? Well, A little longer. Yeah, I should. I should oh, Super man. Bowl of I, this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won 48-21 to over the Oakland Raiders. I screwed up the math. This is your first turn, Brett. This is you. Oh, this is me. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay and Oakland Raiders Oakland in the Super Ra- Bowl. This is like John Gruden Bowl. Um, what year was the John Gruden Bowl? I'll say, got to look at all the years we've picked here. I will say 2006. Yeah. I haven't been writing down the years. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, hey, hey, Steve, let me just give yeah. you real quick. I'll give you all the years because I yeah. do want somebody to win today. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go back to the oldest year. I'm going to go in uh, chronological order. It's 2004, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2013. Let's go 2005. Uh, No winner today, guys. Oh, my goodness. Well, we we had to be all over it, Adam. We we had almost every year picked from 2004 to 2014. Well, that's a shame because I was looking for 2003. Oh. Uh. Carmelo was 20 years ago when he led Syracuse? Sure was. I Now, I was figuring 15 or 16 years, and I didn't do the math right in my head. But, uh, oh, man, double loser. What an awful Tuesday. Steve? That's bad. Yeah, Steve, uh, well, we appreciate you playing, and we're still going to give right. you that large pizza to pizza. Just stay on the line. We'll get you a pizza. Right, and uh, as a consolation, I get nothing, absolutely nothing. All right, so thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, man, I, I feel really bummed right now. I really thought you would get it by, like, clue number four or three, even with the Roger Clemens. I mean, I can't believe it's been that long since Clemens. I mean, I was thinking it's been 10, 11 years since uh, he wrapped up his career. It's been longer than that. No, wow. I, really, I really thought, I mean, I know John Nolan is probably. Uh, uh, I feel like such a loser today. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I got to walk around with the L on my forehead the rest of the say, day because it's bad. If it's no, bad. If Nolan hears that you got the Syracuse uh, question wrong. You're, oh, I got Syracuse wrong. Yeah. You're done for. Yeah. See, you must have saved that one. Not, don't give that one to Nolan if he's here. Don't give him any Syracuse questions. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump with Adam Lundy, and it is our pleasure to welcome to our guest line our good buddy, our good pal, and our favorite guest of the program, Kent Sterling, joining us. Kent, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Brett. Always a pleasure to talk to. Are are you a member of a Hall of Fame? Because if you aren't, you should. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, it is getting even deeper in here. I didn't think that was possible. Uh, by the way, Ken, I do want to add to your little series about sports broadcasting uh, one topic that maybe you could add because it could perhaps be the worst bit ever heard on radio, but we owe it to you today. So here we go. Happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday to you. That's enough. We've already <laughs> scared away all our listeners. Kent, happy birthday. I know it's tomorrow, but we got you on today. Hope you have a good one. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm one of the old guys who really loves his birthday. I still enjoy it. A lot of guys poo-poo it. They say, ah, birthdays, it's, it's just Wednesday. Not for me. I celebrate <laughs> me with great enthusiasm on my birthday. And it's Optimism Wednesday. So you got to love Absolutely. You know, and I always oh, figure. the best. Having birthdays ain't so bad when you consider what the alternative is. Ken <laughs> Sterling joining us here on our guest line. Of course, we've got so many different things to talk about. Let's start with the Colts before we get into Indiana. They've got a big one coming up tonight against Michigan State. But uh, here's my question about the Colts. We now know Jim Bob Cooter is going to be the offensive coordinator. I can't believe I can say that name with a straight face. I've been practicing for a couple of days. But uh but, you know, here's here's the first question that it, it brings to my mind. What's the situation with Gus Bradley? Didn't Wouldn't it have made sense to make Gus Bradley the first coordinator hire? Is there trouble in paradise between Shane Steichen and Gus Bradley? I don't think so. But I, I think that, you know, these guys are coaches first and just behind that they're businessmen. And, and so I think that business is being transacted and people are figuring out what to pay these guys. And, and how important they are. And, and really it's the entire continuity of the staff. It's, it's Gus Bradley, but it's also Ron Miles, the secondary coach. It's Richard Smith, the linebackers coach and, and their assistants. And, and so bringing these guys back, I think is really kind of, it's become a point of emphasis for the Colts. Bubba Ventrone is another guy, the special teams coordinator and the Browns requested an interview with him today. And, and the Colts are trying to work that out. I, I think it's just a matter of business and, and they'll get all that buttoned up because the, you know, the alternative is that you've got a complete turnover in staff and the defense, despite the fact that they gave up some really weird comeback totals in, in the fourth quarters of games, I think people are pretty happy with Gus Bradley overall at the Colts complex. Yeah, I think it put the defense in some tough situations, but uh, but I do think that I, I've been expecting that Gus Bradley would be announced as defensive coordinator rather quickly, and I'm surprised they've given the offensive coordinator title uh, to someone before we know what's happening on the defensive side of the football. And in what might be one of the greatest clickbaits of 2023 so far, Kent <laughs> Sterling, you know where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you caught I'm not us. Proud of it. You caught us all. You know, Manning returns he, to the Colts. Say hey, big news yesterday. The Colts get Manning back. If if you know if I have the opportunity to be both accurate <laughs> and and falsely enticing, I, I I feel like I owe it to people falsely, to do that too. Falsely enticing. It's a whole new word for clickbait. It's falsely <laughs> enticing. Oh, these <laughs> unprecedented times we live in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and he he was here before he was here in 2018 as a tight ends coach. So the entirety of the headline was absolutely accurate, but it was as misleading as it could possibly be. Uh, but really, it was the last time that the Colts had a real good lineup of tight ends. So maybe it portends some some really good things for that position. I sure hope so, because it was a disappointment last year to have guys with that athletic quality but not the productivity that you needed. I mean, you got big, giant, tall guys like Mo Ali Cox with the biggest hands I've ever seen and Jelani Woods 
who's enormous at 6'7", and he didn't throw a single corner out or, or not one that I remember to either of those guys. Inside the, the red zone, you would think that the analytics geniuses with the Colts would have said, you know what, let's throw it to the tall ones. Uh, I, I've got to apologize to all the listeners that I uh, I actually sold this segment as being something very informative and worth listening to. I might have been falsely enticing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a subjective. Thing. <laughs> that, that, that's neither true nor false. Hey, no matter what we do, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. So you know what? Look at the listeners. Bring them along for the ride. Uh, <laughs> And uh, let's move on to uh, to another subject. And I want to ask your opinion because here's mine. And Eric Bieniemy, of course, we've talked about, and that he obviously doesn't interview well. I also wonder if there's a little bit of a cautiousness because he might not have the responsibility or or the, even the respect of uh, the Kansas City Chiefs organization as far as what he does with that offense. And I thought there were some comments made, uh, and I believe it was, uh, what was the show? It was uh, um, on uh, Fox Sports 1 on the speak, I think it was uh, LaShawn McCoy that came out and said that uh, that Eric Bieniemy, um basically didn't run any part of the offense, that all of the plays, the play designs, play calling, everything was Andy Reid, and everything in the passing game was a passing game coordinator, and Eric Bieniemy, all he did was just bark out at some of the star players. I thought it was pretty critical. But my theory here is that Bieniemy went to Washington because he had to get out from the shadow of Andy Reid if he was ever going to move up in the NFL. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think absolutely. He needed to go to a position where he could demonstrate quality of work. And and with Andy Reid, I think people in the NFL understand exactly what Andy Reid does with that Chiefs uh, offense. Mm-hmm. And, and he runs the show. And Eric Bieniemy has some, you know, secondary responsibilities. But he's he's in no way the architect. I mean, he's not that typical. That Mike Mart to go back about 20 years, mm-hmm. kind of the architect uh, of a really prolific offense. Plus, you know, uh, the one thing you've got with the Chiefs that kind of, I think, works against the coaches and works against the enemy is that they've got Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes is an absolute unicorn. Like, okay, he can design an offense. Even if he was designing the offense, he's designing it for a guy with utterly unique talents. And, and an ability to execute in a way that no one else can in the NFL, maybe no quarterback ever has had the tool set that Patrick Mahomes does. And, and so, okay, you know, you, you look at, let, let's look at the Colts. Let's say that the Colts, uh, they draft CJ Stroud. Well, CJ Stroud is not going to be Patrick Mahomes. And, and so what are you getting? You're getting an offensive coordinator from a team with a complete total Hall of Fame level stud who's going to have to come in and lead an offense without one. And, and that is a far different challenge. And, and so I think that a lot of what goes on with, uh, in, in his weight against Eric Bieniemy and, and whether he can interview well or not, I, I think that, you know, you're, you're looking for a slightly different resume based upon the, you know, the, the skill set that you need to be a head coach in the NFL in, in one respect or another, or, you know, maybe in all respects. 
So he's going to go to Washington, and he's going to lead a completely different level quarterback. And if he can do that at a high level, you know, then that puts him in line for a job. I think it uh, clearly was Bietami had to risk failure to be able to succeed, that it was never going to happen being uh, in the shadow of Andy Reid in Kansas City. All right, so, uh, Kent, let's talk about Indiana basketball. This is a, a team that's about as hot as anybody in the Big Ten right now, but the Dakota Michigan State team, they beat 82-69 to at Assembly Hall earlier. Trace Jackson Davis dominated because Tom Izzo basically let him dominate. I think it's going to be a completely different picture tonight. Yeah, I think that Tom Izzo is a really smart coach. I think we all know that. You've got a, a, some balanced scoring with Michigan State. You're going to have a different emotional pitch at Michigan State tonight than normal in East Lansing, but certainly different from what Indiana and Michigan State experienced at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. I think Indiana's got to go in and prove that it can play a disciplined 40 minutes. And if they can do that, they've got a chance to win this game. But if they play without the discipline that they didn't show again in Bloomington against Illinois, the home crowd isn't going to be there to lift them and, and kind of depress the opponent. This is going to be a tough win. You know, they, they got two freshmen in Jalen Hood, Shafino and Malik Renew who've got to figure out how to play basketball at a higher level and stop making mistakes. Uh, the one thing that we've always learned from Bob Knight when he was a coach is victory favors the team that makes the fewer mistakes. And Jalen Hood, Shafino and Malik Renew are mistake machines. And you can't play like that either uh, in a game like tonight or in the month of March and get away with it. So these guys going to have to grow up in a hurry. And if they do, then Indiana gets the win tonight. If not, they roll into Purdue in kind of a tough situation where they could wind up after the Purdue game being 10 and 8 in the Big Ten and an 8 loss team and potentially fall as far as ninth place, uh, from where they are in third place. And that would take them out of being geographically protected in the NCAA tournament. It would take them in all likelihood out of being a, uh, a buy in the Big Ten tournament until Friday. A lot of things on the line tonight. This is a really big game up in East Lansing. You could probably add Tamar Bates to that list of yeah. uh, Hudgefino and Renew, even though Bates is a sophomore. He just seems like a mistake waiting to happen every time he plays of late. What can be done to kind of get him lined up in the right direction? Well, you got to develop these guys. And, and I think that that's one thing that this staff really hasn't shown. They've shown an ability to develop guys physically. But I don't know if guys are playing smarter basketball as the season goes on. And really good teams in March, you tend to see that. And and maybe we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit. This is only year two, and the culture really hasn't been set and, and all of that. And this, those guys in particular are young. Caleb Banks is another one who's got the physical skill set that he needs to be able to play at a high level. But he's out of position a lot. Jordan Geronimo another guy who's consistently out of position on the defensive end, they've got to somehow get better. And if teaching the game is something that no one on this staff is really, really good at, then they need to find somebody who is really good at it. And I think they had a guy who's really good at it. Mm-hmm. And and for I, why that separation happened, I, I think, is, is kind of under wraps a little bit. But Dane Fife not being on that staff, I think, has had a really deleterious effect 
to the development of those kids as far as how they play bat, not what they can do physically, but how they perceive the game and how they attack it. Speaking of development, this has been on my mind for a while, and I mentioned it to Don Fisher the other day, that Trace Jackson Davis, we haven't seen him add new skills. We just have seen him perform the skills he's always had better. Is that fair, yeah. or have you seen something new from Trace? No, I think that's exactly the case. I, there might be another one or two little moves. You know, I, I think he's going to, to his right a little bit more often. He's not entirely left-handed, mostly left-handed, but not entirely. He does not shoot from beyond about eight feet, and it would seem that that's a good choice uh, because when he does, it tends not to go in. <laughs> I think defensively, he's figured out some things. I, I think that as a shot blocker, he's got he's got a more enhanced feel for where to be in order to get the shot blocked at its apex or just below. Uh, and then I think that he's, he, and maybe this is people deferring to him, uh, but he's rebounding the basketball at a phenomenal level. He, he is going out, getting the ball, and pushing it a little bit and getting it up the court quick. And, and But you're right. He, and, and that's really, I mean, that's the challenge. That's what Renew and, and Hood Shafino need to do. They need to figure out what they do really, really well and do it all the time. And forget about the stuff they don't do well. Don't do that. Jalen Hood Shafino should never shoot a 19-foot shot ever in his life. He's not bad at it, but it's the worst shot on the floor. And Malik Renew has got to stop fouling in the backcourt. It's ridiculous. And he's got to stop making bad passes, which is also in, in putting the ball on the floor. Don't yeah. put the ball on the deck. If you can't control the ball through the dribble, if you're going to dribble aimlessly, don't do it. And and these guys need to pick up kind of exactly what you said about Trace. They need to pick that up and, and understand that, you know, going from being bad to mediocre at something is not – does not provide the payoff that going from good to great does. So go from good to great. One thing I think that Indiana will be uh, bolstered by tonight, they didn't have Race Thompson. He played just four minutes the first meeting against Michigan State. And I think having yep. him out there as a defender to go against Joey Hauser, uh, because I think that's a better matchup than any other that the Hoosiers could throw at Hauser, I think that is a plus for Indiana, but also a very tough place to play. At the Breslin Center. Kent, I'm just waiting for Major League Baseball's All-Star Game to become slow-pitch softball. Because you've already had (laughs) the Pro Bowl is now flag. The NBA All-Star Game is a glorified game of horse. Uh, I mean, what do we do? That was just embarrassing the other night. For someone who loves the game of basketball, I was almost personally embarrassed to have to sit and watch that. You know, basketball means different things to people in different places, right? And in the state of Indiana, it also means playing defense. You know, it's not just, hey, who can dunk it in the most spectacular fashion and who can score 55 points and and that kind of thing. It's, you know, getting a stance, rebound, block somebody out. It's about the beauty of the fundamentals. And, and the beauty of the game to me is how people function together as a unit in order to try to achieve a common result. And, and that all-star game, to have that as kind of the showcase mm-hmm. for your greatest talent, I think is completely absurd and, and so wrong. And, and speaking of wrong, 
you know, Kevin Durant's comments about how news coverage of his trade really enhanced the NBA instead of him staying on the same team and, and finding a way to succeed with that team, I think that's wrongheaded. I, I think the NBA, it was built around stars in the 90s who were worth building around and who understood how to compete in Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, Julius Irving as well. And, and now you've got people who are much more brand aware, I think, than they are competitive. And I think basketball as a whole has really suffered. And, and there was no better example of that than Sunday night with the All-Star game. Yeah, they used to play for the jersey. Now they play for the paycheck only. It just seems like it's become a very individualized game, all about me, me, me. Ken, always appreciate you. It's great stuff. Look forward to our next chat. Have a great night, and we'll uh, hope to see you ringing bells sometime later tonight. That's what we'll do. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate it. Yep, that is Ken Sterling joining us on the guest line here on the Sports Rush. We're going to take a time out when we come back. We've got Matt Roth, coach of the Blackhawk Christian Braves. He's next on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. We are back on the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rupp, along with Adam Lundy. And uh, it is our pleasure now to be joined by Blackhawk Christian boys basketball coach Matt Roth, having a pretty good first year at the helm of the Blackhawk Christian Braves. And uh, first of all, Matt, welcome to the show, and congrats on a great season so far. Well, thank you. Thank you. Glad to be able to jump on the show with you today. And uh certainly has been a, a good and fast season. It, it never ceases to amaze me how fast the season can go by. Well, uh, let's, we'll talk more about Blackhawk, but since I've got you, and of course, former Indiana Hoosier, Matt Roth, I've just got to ask your take on what you're seeing with Indiana. Because I would imagine, even though you are a 100% committed high school basketball coach, there's an eye every once in a while that kind of takes a peek at what the Hoosiers are doing. So your thoughts on the Hoosiers 2022-2023 edition? I think they're they're definitely making some really good strides. Um You've got to love the, the adversity that they went through, um, getting you know kind of off a slow start in the Big Ten, but then battling back. Um, I think you're seeing some growth in some of their guys. Um, and then they've got a very veteran-led uh, team with some players who are ultra-reliable, so it's fun to watch them uh, continue to show up day in and day out and, and kind of hang their hat on what they've done um, over their career. So got to love what Coach Woodson's doing, got to love where they're at, um, you know, I, I just continue to hope and, and uh, would love to see them battle, get back all the way to that top spot. But it's going to be tough to do um, just with the number of losses already, even though they're sitting in third place, I believe, in the Big Ten. Um, it's, it's, good for, it's good for all sports, uh, basketball-wise, when, uh, when Indiana, Purdue are, are battling in the top three or four of the conference. Um, everything's just better, especially here in the, in the Hoosier State. Absolutely. I know Mike Woodson, when he took over, I think he's tried to bring that family back, uh, that atmosphere back of, of Hoosier family and kind of uh, bring former players back into the program. Have you had a chance to go down and see a game since Mike Woodson took over? Yeah, yep. I was able um, able to get down to uh, the Carolina game earlier in the year. Um, and then along with that, some of our alumni type events that he's He's really made it a priority to make sure we are that we are hosting and and taking advantage of the the Hoosier family of former players, coaches, and managers, and uh, and so I've been able to be a part of some of that. Um, 
still hoping to get down um, here late in the year, but with the way our season falls in games and postseason play, it just is going to be tough, so you might settle to catch him on TV. But uh, he's got him playing a good brand of basketball. I like what he's doing in the recruiting um, the recruiting realm in terms of the kind of culture and, and, and all of that that he wants in his locker room, but then also um, you know, the beauty of the X's and O's of the game, and, and he's got a, a tremendous basketball mind when it comes to that. So um, love the direction they're going. It's been fun to get down there and watch them a couple times in person. Um, and, uh, you know, just excited about where where they're at right now, but also uh, knowing that they're not in any way, shape, or form, you know, completely happy with where they're at. They're hungry, and they want to, you know, continue to push until they can achieve their goals. You see them talk about it all the time of, you know, they're not done until they've won a Big Ten and a national championship. And, and I think he uses that very well to continue to motivate his guys to work hard. First year Blackhawk Christian coach Matt Roth joining us here on our guest line. And Matt, let's talk about your Blackhawk Christian Braves. First of all, you take over the program in uh, just very difficult circumstances, of course, with the death of Mark Davidson, who had done such a great job to build that program. And I'll be honest, coming into the season, I didn't know what to expect. Were there going to be growing pains? How smooth would this transition be? Uh, it seems to have gone pretty well. What's been your take and, and your observation on it? Yeah, I mean, we've had a, a, a really strong season. Um, a lot of ups and downs um, emotionally throughout it. Um, you know, from the outside looking in, you can look at a, a win-loss record and and kind of lose track of, of some of the difficulties and some of the things that, you know, we're, we're still in a realm of, you know, everything we're encountering day in and day out as a first, especially, uh, with the, with the veteran led team that I inherited. Um, you know, they've, they've not known anything other than having coached there in their corner. Um, whether it's, you know, preparations for a big game down the stretch, getting our sectional draw, um, all of that's still new uh, in uncharted waters. So it's, it's a matter of, you know, being 100% transparent um, and then 100% invested in, in the lives of these young men, um, knowing that, you know, different things are going to strike them differently. And, and it's a matter of just making sure we're doing what's best for the guys in our program uh, day in and day out. And we've spent a lot of time praying for each other just to navigate those times. Sometimes it's something they'll share with the coach. Sometimes it's something they handle within their player group of, Hey, it's kind of been a struggle and, and we're going to, we're going to address it together and, and kind of let it be player led. But, uh, you know, I was, you know, very fortunate in terms of inheriting a program that had such strong foundations. Um, and, and one of the biggest things that I wanted to make sure maintain that foundation of who we are, that identity, um, that goes far beyond, you know, what they do when they lace them up and throw on that Blackhawk Christian jersey. But, uh, you know, the legs they're they're living out right now and, and the foundation they're laying for the rest of their lives in terms of what they're going to do and achieve and, and ultimately who they're achieving it for, um, keeping that as a priority. The success that Mark had with this team, especially on some deep postseason runs, does that add pressure to you personally? Do you, do you feel like there's a certain bar that's been set and now you're expected as the coach of this program to kind of reach that bar? Uh, I don't I don't necessarily look at it that way. I, I look at it more of, and Mark loved to compete, and he loved to challenge his guys. Um, and, and I share those, those same common beliefs of I love to compete. I love to find 
you know, competition in the smallest of things, um, whether that be a, a debate at home with my wife, Lindsay, or <laughs> um, challenging the guys to, you know, go out and out-rebound the team for a quarter um, or a half or a game. Um, and so when you when you focus on things and, and keep the perspective of, you know, we've put in a ton of hard work um, as a program. The kids have worked incredibly hard, and it's more just an opportunity to go out and, and take advantage of the platform that they're able to play on. Um, they love each other. Uh, they they love the game. Um, they love the Lord. And so when we put those three things together, um, I, I haven't even really let my mind wander a whole lot into postseason. It's, it's very day-by-day, uh, day, uh, making sure we're doing what's right and what's best for our kids. Um, and I think that's helped, uh, helped with the transition for the guys to know that it's not a completely different you know, system, what they're seeing. Um, in practice, out of practice, and the weight room is is very similar. Maybe not the weight room. I don't I don't move quite as much weight as Coach did um, in the <laughs> weight room. But uh, but the, a lot of the things again that foundation of who we are here, um, making sure that doesn't change. And I think when that foundation is firm and solid, um, you know the, the basketball side becomes easy. Um, it's an opportunity to go out and have fun and enjoy the moment. And we're blessed here to have a tremendous fan base tremendous group of uh, people who help support us and make, you know, each and every home game here a, a sellout. And when we go on the road, we know we've got a loyal and faithful group that's going to be there to cheer us on. So um, we're just trying to take it a day at a time and take it all stride uh, Matt, stride by stride and make sure we're doing it the right way. Matt Roth, Matt Roth, coach of the Blackhawk Christian Braves, joining us on the guest line. You've got a couple of tune-ups, including tonight against Leo and then uh, – Coming up uh, in a couple of days, you've got Northrop before you head into the 2A tournament coming up next week. What are you looking to accomplish out of these last couple games of the regular season? I would imagine at this time of year, it's about you and trying to refine what you do well and maybe fix anything that you feel might uh, need an adjustment. Yeah, we've we've had that approach, uh, you know, all year and. And we focus on us, and we try and, and achieve playing to the standard that we've set forth. Um, we're able to do that a lot, and so um, you know we've got two two great opponents, two two teams that have been battle tested throughout the year. Um, both teams have faced adversity, just like we have. Um, they're they're both very different in terms of how they play, um, and so two different styles that we're going to see, two different. Uh, you know, defensive approaches that we're going to be able to use as uh, an opportunity just to touch up on things. You know, moving in that state tournament, you've got to be ready to have all your defensive game plans, everything. It's, you know, you've got a full deck of cards in your hand and you don't know which night. So you get your draw and you see who you get and the matchups start to unfold, you know, which cards you're going to need that night. And so it'll be a good opportunity for us to, uh, to play some different styles, be able to continue to work on you know, developing our depth, building up our guys, making sure we're we're ready to go, but also continue to establish and, and work on the, the level of trust and expectation that our guys have for each other. Um, that way we can get out there and ultimately just play a, play a game that we all love um, and, and a game that we play well together. So um, it's, it's two good tests, two good programs. Uh, you know, traditionally they're, they're right there ready to make a run in the – in the postseason, you know, Leo's had some tremendous success here the past few years, so they're not going to shy away. Um, and 
you know, Coach Shamble over at Northrop's going to always have them motivated and, and eager to get out and compete and play. And so two great tests for us to end our season. Um, and we've, we've been able to stay in the moment and take them stride in stride. And, and we're ready to do that here another week. And then set our goals on uh, a few road trips to South Adams, hopefully. Well, best of luck on that. Appreciate you jumping on with us, Matt. And uh, I'm sure we will touch base again soon. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you having me on and uh, stay safe and we'll talk soon. Yep. That is Matt Roth, coach of the Blackhawk Christian Braves, joining us on the guest line. We're going to take a time out. We'll come back. It's the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Back final time on the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump with Adam Lundy. Beautiful Tuesday. Hard to believe we've got some nasty weather moving in. And, of course, uh, I'll be on the road tomorrow uh, en route to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And so Shannon Griffith is going to be filling in for me here on the Sports Rush. He'll take you through 4 to 6 on your daily sports fix tomorrow. Big thanks to our guests that appeared on the show today, including... Morgan Olson from the Tin Caps, the uh, Assistant Director of Marketing and Promotions. Also, Kent Sterling and Blackhawk Christian Head Coach Matt Roth. Heading out to the Holiday Inn, Purdue-Fort Wayne. We've got the Mastodon's Coaches Show coming your way next. Stay tuned for that. This has been the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.